Hello everyone, welcome back to my solo road. My name is Sydney, I live in a van, and this is my podcast. So I am coming to you this week from, I'm in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm kind of like running my way to Denver from Phoenix, and I just came from Moab to Phoenix. So I'm sitting in a hotel parking lot because that is my favorite place to park. If I have not mentioned it on the podcast already, I love sliding into a hotel parking lot late at night, leaving in the morning, and nobody ever bothers you. And anywhere where there's not overnight parking, hotel parking lots are the absolute best. So as long as you don't disrupt anyone and you don't stay too long, nobody will ever say anything. So that is where I currently am, although there's also a ton of BLM in Flagstaff, so I don't recommend doing that around here. I just needed some service and uh, a night near civilization, if you will. Anyways, so today's episode is all about solo female van life, female friendships, which sounds a little odd, but my best friend in the world, Katie, is who I'm going to be interviewing or just kind of chatting with for today's episode. I'm actually recording this part right now, like a couple days later, but her and I have a, like an insanely special bond. I have a few other very close friends, but my relationship with Katie is something that is very hard to put into words. She is someone that like, like the term soulmate literally comes to mind in like the friend kind of way. You know, we just get each other on levels that I have not experienced with any other friend before. And so we talk all about just the importance of a friendship like that and how we didn't have one for a really long time. And then when you find that person, it's just so easy and they make everything so much better. And I love her so much. And she also uh, live has lived on the road alone for about the exact same amount of time as I have. She actually started in a relationship as well, which we'll talk about, and then their breakup was about the same time as mine. So we got on the road alone about the same time, and then I met Lee the same week that she met Logan. So anyways, we talk about all of this later on, but it's just really weird how close our lives have aligned, and I don't really know anyone who has ever gone through such a similar experience. Like, it's already a very small pool of people who have experienced living in a van, but let alone started out with a partner, then ended up being by themselves, and then ended up back, like, with a partner, but they're also in separate vehicles, the same way that Lee and I are, so we're still, like, on the road solo, but in these relationships, and the people we're in relationships with also are on the road in their own... It's just really weird. Anyways, I'm kind of rambling, especially because we will explain all of this in the very long episode ahead, but it is phenomenal. It's my favorite episode, I think. I just love talking to Katie so much, and I really wanted this episode to just kind of be a conversation like we always have. There's been so many times where her and I will talk for hours, and then we're like, this conversation needs to exist somewhere in the world. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a lot of women who might really relate, and also men, of course, but uh, just kind of specifically women, I guess. This is definitely an episode for everyone, but I can't really help but feel like women might find this a little bit more helpful or useful and just kind of knowing the empowering impact that a woman can have in a woman's life. So anyways, without further ado, go grab your beverage. I believe Katie and I this evening were drinking Black Box Cabernet. <laughs> um, it's a boxed wine, which Katie is like, a full fan of. I don't really drink boxed wine too often unless I'm with Katie because it is her absolute favorite and it is a hell of a bargain. So go grab your drink and I will see you back here with my best friend in just a minute. 
All right, everybody, we are back with Katie. <laughs> my dear friend from so we bought a van she lived on the road solo for a while while i was on the road solo and then we both kind of got into a relationship at the same time mm-hmm. and we started van life years ago while in relationships at the same time yeah in relationships at the same time i think were you on the road before me i left in june of 2017 okay mine was i think october of 2017 yeah yeah. Like, so close. Yeah. And then we, both relationships ended at the same time. We're solo for the same period of time. And Literally. then I met Lee the same week that <laughs> Katie met Logan. <laughs> so it was very weird. Like, friendship aligning. I know. Truly. I just want to describe the scene so that people know what's <laughs> happening. Um, I'll post a video on Instagram as well, but I needed to put the microphone on something. So in front of me is a small decorative pillow with an upside down plate that is dirty. It has avocado <laughs> smeared on it. <laughs> and that's on the pillow, and then the microphone is resting on the plate. <laughs> and Katie's just sitting directly across from me, <laughs> just doing nothing. <laughs> Going great. Okay. Okay. Your story. Um, yes, I'm Katie. I'm... I feel like I can't make eye contact. <laughs> um, I'm Katie. I'm So You Bought a Van online. Like I said, I... I hit the road in June of 2017. I bought my van originally in October of 2016. Um, I live in a 2016 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter 144-inch wheelbase high roof. She's super fancy. If that's not a mouthful. <laughs> I've been in it for about two and a half years. Like Sydney said, I did I did a year with the previous partner. We did the build together. The build took about six months, and then we hit the road, saved up a bunch of money, and then plan to do it for a year and then potentially sell the van. We weren't really sure. And then once the year was done, we decided to split and I decided to continue on. And then I was solo for a year, a little but bit over you, a year. So you got your van. That's yeah. where that's where we're different. <laughs> so I bought I bought out his half of the van. Right. So yeah, we um we had the van kind of in a, a split shared situation and I just ended up kind of essentially taking over the entire cost of everything, including like the the new bedding that we bought, all of the dishes that we got at Bed Bath and Beyond, like we bought everything brand new because it was our home, so we treated it like we were moving into an apartment or a house together. Yeah, you know, buying our first house together, and um, yeah, I, I took I I got all of that, but I paid top dollar for all of that too, and then I was in there for like a year, year and a half on my own. And then, like you said, I previously started dating somebody. He also lives in a van. He lives in an Econoline. And right now we're just kind of bouncing between the two vans. Yeah. It's kind of nice. People actually don't think that it would be nice to have two vehicles, which mm-hmm. it's obviously not perfect because you do have to, you have twice the gas and twice of everything that you're doing, whatever, when it's in terms of driving. People always say that with Lee and I in the RV, but it's actually kind of nice. Like yeah. you get alone time when you drive, you have two spaces to kind of choose like where do you want to be and what you want to do. You have two like, you have double the storage and all of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. so it's it's really not as bad as I think people assume that it might be. No, I mean, and this weekend, like, we went to the Women on the Road gathering, and I was able to go away from him. I didn't have to rent a vehicle. Like, it was already my space. It was really easy to separate. Um, a lot of times it is, like, there is frustrations. Like, I have to leave my van in a parking lot sometimes, or leave his in a parking lot, if we do decide right. to just do one thing together. But, like, we're about to drive halfway across the country right now, and we're doing that separate, and... It'd, it'd be nice on your to way drive. to Oregon. Yeah, on my way to Oregon. It'd be nice to drive together, but also like I haven't been alone in so long that I don't mind like the quiet time. Yeah, and it's usually only for like a couple hours at a oh, time, yeah, anyways. Yeah, and we have walkie talkies, so we talk 
I love the walkie-talkies. I'm definitely getting those. They're I think so it's fun. a phenomenal idea. Because it, it can just be like, I'm tired, and then I'll be like, what are you listening to? And then we can, like, kind of laugh and, like, bullshit Well, and forth. cell service. Yeah, cell So, yeah, exactly. Or, like, gas. I need to go to the bathroom. Or I'm hungry. Like, let's pull over. Like, we were just driving, and his roof box opened up, and a, a golf club flew out. <laughs> and he walkied me, and he was like, gotta stop really fast. <laughs> SOS. Right. No, yeah, that's, that's definitely very helpful. Especially because there's a lot of times where Lee and I are driving like that and I will call him, but like I need to turn immediately. But like between calling him and him answering and telling him what's going on, like we've missed You've the missed turn. each other. Yeah. We did that going down a dirt road a couple of weeks ago. It was like there was a miscommunication. We thought we were going to leave one van at the bottom of this horrible four by four steep road, but there's a miscommunication there. So we took both vans up and there's not enough space to turn around. So then we ended up having to like maneuver both vans do like a 12 point turn we were going back down and i saw a place that we could leave one van like 200 feet down from where we'd be camping so i was calling him like 12 times he had no service so he went back down and then we ended is up is this why you got the walkie-talkie <laughs> no 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 we okay. but we ended up leaving a van there parking one at the top but even then it was like the propane was down at the bottom so we had to kind of arrange that it's just nice to have yeah no, it does seem really convenient. Yeah. I'm into it. And it's like kind you of a throwback feeling, you know? I know. <laughs> it's quite fun, actually. Yeah, my parents had those Nextel cell phones that were... You, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like yeah. the cell phones that were also walkie-talkie? Yeah, and big fan. They have snake on I don't know how... Stuff. I mean, we have just insane technology now, but somehow we lost that. Like, there's not an iPhone with a walkie-talkie with it. It's weird. I want to tell the story, though, because you mentioned women on the road of how we met. So mm. Katie and I, because our we were in relationships, and I don't think we knew each other online yet, but I think it was, like, amongst the breakups somewhere in that. Like, yeah. one of us just reached out to each other. Because there's, like, five girls that were either, like... Or maybe there were like, not many. It was like you, me, Liz. There was like a few people that had been in relationships that were then Lisa. breaking up. And Lisa, yeah, where I was like, bre- breaking up is already weird. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but breaking yeah, up is already weird. And then you're doing a breakup from a van. It's such a uniquely particular thing. Right. Not it's, many people are going to understand that. No. And it's hard to like explain the complexity of what that is like. So Right. And I think when when Edgar and I broke up, Liz reached out to me mm-hmm. and was, like, really kind about it and just kind of offered, like, a friendly hand. And right. so I think when you and Evan broke up, I kind of was like, okay, this is my turn to, to somewhat, yeah. like, return the favor. And so Katie and I started talking just in, like, a friend, like, random. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like it would be, like, once a month we yeah, would, like, respond to a story or something like that. And then... There was the, we, so we just got back from the Women on the Road Gathering today. It was this past weekend. And so last year, exactly one year ago, we went to the first Women on the Road Gathering ever. And I was on my way and it was right after I got on the road solo. And so you kept your van, but this was like, I had to wait for the van build. I had just got back on the road and I was in like a full panic. (laughs) I was like sweating. I was like almost in tears just because it's really scary. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's like this, I'm already on the road alone. Like that's intimidating, especially Mm -hmm. at the beginning. And now I'm going into this gathering where there's going to be a ton of people, and I didn't know, know anyone. anyone. Well, we talked about it's like uh, in high school when you like get your hot lunch tray and then you're looking around the cafeteria and you're right, like, like, who am I going to sit with? Who am I going to sit with? Exactly. Right. And it's like just to know that you have someone that's there is like, I think it goes. You know, it's way. really important. Yeah. And uh, so I reached out to Katie and I was like, hey, I know you're going to this. It's okay if not, but, like, is there any possible way we can park together? We can go into the gathering together. And she was, like, super down, whatever. She was like, call me the day of, or, you know, I don't know, whatever the case was. But I was, like, two hours late to the gathering for 
a variety of reasons. Like, things were just going wrong. And so I was late, and Katie had to get to the gathering. And so I don't know if we've ever talked about this particular part of the story. I don't know if we have. Yeah. But because that's what, because we were supposed to drive in together. I don't even like remember that. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, girl, I do. <laughs> this is like the event of a lifetime. <laughs> I remember everything. And so I was late and I was like way panicking because I was like, there's no way, like when you get to a gathering, it's really exciting. So I was like, she probably parked, jumped out of the van. She's been busy since. Like we've never met in person. There's no reason for her to think about me. Like that's weird. And so I pulled in and I mean, People with anxiety probably understand, I think, more than others. Like, because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a difference between anxiety and just being a little nervous. Like, I wasn't a little nervous. I was, like, You're one like second away from shirt. having a panic attack. Yeah. Like, I was freaking out. And as soon as I pulled up, um, who actually, one campsite away um, is Nicole right now. And Nicole was the one checking people in that day. And she walked up to my van and she was like, oh, my God, are you divine on the road? And I was like, okay, there's no way this girl follows me on Instagram. Like, I didn't have a following at the time. And so I was like, why does she know who I am? And she immediately was like, no, okay, Katie is saving you a spot. It's right over there. She's like in her van waiting for you. She told everybody to make sure we told you exactly where to go. I think I said the girl with the bright, the bright straight teeth smile. (laughs) You will know her by her teeth, which is funny because like, I hate my teeth. I don't know why. But yeah, that's just like a weird thing to, yeah. Anyways, um. So, but I immediately, it was like from a hundred percent nervous to like zero, like within half a second. And you just, I mean, Katie's heard this story uh, hundreds of times. Anyone that we meet like together, like if at gatherings or anything and me and Katie are there, I'm like, I have to tell everyone this story because I have always been that person. Like I've told you like that in high school when someone kind of came out of the line, like, cause I would make sure I had friends at lunch. Like I would straight up text everybody the first day of school and be like, who has this lunch? Who am I sitting with? Like it needed to be organized and prepared before the first day (laughs) because I was not going to be that person. And so I would watch whoever was coming out of the lunch line. And as soon as they looked around, I would immediately run up to them and be like, come sit with us because I hate the idea of other people being that way. It's a horrible feeling. It's an awful feeling. Yeah. And so, and I'm just like, one of my best friends, Tegan, is so good at like, she would just walk up to a table and be like, hey guys, my name's Tegan. Can I sit down? And I would be like in the bathroom in a closed stall, just <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> like, that's what Eating I did. Eating your doing. lunch on, right. on the toilet. <laughs> right. So like, just the idea of going in, having that anxiety, and then immediately it going from a zero, like... finding a friend like that never had happened. Like, I was 22 or 23 years old. Katie is number one, like, (laughs) first person in all of those years who ever did something like that towards me the way that I felt like I had done before, like, in my life, whatever. Like, I had kind of been that type of person. So it was just, like, right off the bat, I opened my sliding door. I didn't have to worry about, like, where I was going to go or who I was going to talk to. I just walked up to Katie's van. And then, I mean, we've honestly been really close friends ever since. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny because I was actually talking to Logan, my boyfriend, and I was like, it's funny, Sydney and I really only hang out three times, but each time was, like, for a month and a half. (laughs) Right. No, seriously. And we FaceTime maybe once a week, like, twice a month. And it's, like... I'll always be like, oh, it's going to be a quick call, and then it's, like, an hour and a half. Yeah, it's just forever long. But we don't talk much in between. No. Like, it's... I'll you're, send her... Really, she's really bad at texting. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because when you leaned in, like, that sounded so good. Like, maybe I should talk closer to the mic. Um, like, I was showing Logan something in the text, and he was like, damn, there's, like, 20 blue texts from you. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
one response from her, and I'm like, yeah, I know. You have to FaceTime me. Everyone who is, like, I'm really close friends with or my family knows, if you text me, there's a 90% chance I will not respond. Well, and I've, I've gotten to the point where I know that, so what I want, I'm just like, I just need her to know this information, and then she will know it, and then we'll talk about it later. Exactly. But, like, I need to, like, get it out of my brain and into yours so that it's Right, but you're the only person who understands that. Everybody else gets so angry with me, and I'm just like, if it's a dire emergency... FaceTime me. Yeah, call me. And I'll answer. But the thing with text is that I, I am doing something else, and then I'll see the text, put my phone down, plan on responding, and I just don't. You like, just forget. I just yeah. forget. But I think that that's one of the things that truly is why you and I have been able to be, like, quite unique friends. Like, I wouldn't say, like... I don't know. It, it's a weird situation because I feel like we just are very understanding of each other's personalities. Yeah. And we both obviously strive to be wonderful friends to each other and be whatever we think that the quality should be, but I think we also both know each other's personalities. Like, you're not great at communication. I'm extremely particular and very anal. And, like, we know these things <laughs> yeah. about each other and we work around that and, like, through that. You know what I mean? It's right. Like, I don't expect you to respond and I don't get my feelings hurt when you don't respond because I'm like, she told me when I met her, don't text me if you need to talk to me, FaceTime me. You know? Right. And that's the thing that was, I see every text. Yeah. Like, I'm and getting it. And I know you it. do. So that's why sometimes I'm just like, literally, I'm crying in my van and I screenshot you something or I send you a text or something and I'm like, I'm laughing and I know that you see it and we're going to laugh about right. it Right. No, for it's, sure. You know. Yeah. No, I love that. Okay. I want to get into solo female things. Okay. Um, so, obviously, neither of us currently... I mean, but that's the thing. I guess that's where it gets really confusing. We're both in relationships, but we're still technically, to solo. some degree, solo women. Because, like, I'm not with Lee right now. Haven't been for yeah. a while. And we're going to meet back up eventually. But we both take breaks, like, from yeah. being with that person. You were just away at the Women on the Road gathering. You still have separate vans. Yeah, we both own our own vehicles. Like, it's right. not... We're not and we were not in a relationship for a significant amount of time. Yeah. I mean, over a year for each of us. Right. So I think, I, honestly, you suggested this question earlier. I was like trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about and Katie suggested this and I actually really like it. What is one question that people always ask you that you can't stand? I could list a dozen. I know. Um, I was actually talking to somebody about this earlier today. I think that when people are starting to talk about solo female travel, like you and I were brainstorming before, what do we want to talk about? Like, what's important? What would what, what would we want to know if we were on the other side of this? Right. A lot of people want to talk about fear and like, aren't you scared? Aren't, aren't you this? Aren't you that? But I think that there's a lot more going on. A conversation that I had this weekend at Women on the Road was like, you choose to move into a van, but also we choose every day to continue to be here, right? Like, right. You and I both talk about how van life is glamorized, but we both are honestly sitting on a side of it where, like, we believe most of that, that glamorized stuff. Like, I do love my life every day. Like, That's the thing that I always have a trouble, like, articulating like, right. is just that, like, no, van life is not perfect. It's not... I mean, there's a million things that can go wrong, but, like, instead of diving into that, I always tell people, like... But I, I love it. Yeah. Like, those th small things that go wrong don't seem big to me. And, They're like... so minute. Like... I meet people on the road and they complain about this thing that happened or that thing that happened and they hate this or hate that. And I'm like, I have dealt with that and far worse. Like, not to say that they haven't, but I'm like, that's just not something that I would even think about complaining over. You right. know what I mean? Like... I don't know. There's just a lot of things I think that, that they just don't bother me. And because of that, like, I love everything about this lifestyle so much that every time I say that, I feel like I have to preface it with, like, but no, no, no. Like, there are things that there can go things, wrong. Yeah. Like, your days are not going to be perfect. When in reality, like, we're mostly talking to adults. And I feel like as an adult, and, like, people might not agree with this, but... I feel like it's the responsibility of any adult to understand the fact that, like, whether I live in a house or apartment or a van or whatever, there's going to be challenges. Of course. Like, you can't assume because I post photos on Instagram 
that my life is perfect. And I don't think that that's my fault if you do assume that. I honestly would blame that person. Like, my life is not perfect. Like, there is no life that is perfect. Like, it doesn't matter. Even the people who travel the entire world... Right. You know what I mean? Like, their flights get delayed, or they don't get to go to the places they want to go, or, like, they're super broke, but they're doing it anyways, and, like, there's just nobody that you see on Instagram's life is going to be perfect, and it bothers me so badly when somebody assumes that, and they assume that, and then they blame me or, like, somebody else right. because of, like, because of my photos or because of the things that I say. Like, and I'm like, online, it's not yeah. my fault that you took my photos and then assumed that, like, my life is absolutely perfect and complete, and I have nothing but, like, wonderful days and perfect moments moments like you know what i mean like my dog's not like having diarrhea on the bed or something <laughs> like that happens well, it's a highlight reel right right i mean it's literally your but best the moment. thing is not intentionally like people think it's so intentional when really when my dog shits all over the bed my first instinct isn't to show that like it's to clean sometimes it. when i'm looking at a view i'm like oh my god i i want to show this to people because it's so beautiful and although maybe it is my responsibility to show the diarrhea on the bed i'm still mm-hmm. like in that moment i'm like crap i need to pick this up yeah, like i need to clean like, my my bedding is yeah. soaked right and so it's just like i I don't know if maybe that is my fault or maybe that's, you know, whoever, but it's, it's just like... It's not even fault. It's just, it is just life. But, like, beyond even that, it's like the things that are highlighting, right, on the internet, the things that we are highlighting that highlight reels, like, those moments are still real. Like, right, right? Like, you might take a beautiful photo in Yosemite with your puppy on a bed. And, yes, you, you took out a camera and you took that photo, but it didn't mean that, like... That still is a real thing that happened in your life. Like, right. And it doesn't mean that we didn't sit there for it. Because people also think that I only do that for a picture. or so, I keep saying me when really I don't get those kind of comments very often. But I do see that general, towards other people. Yeah. And, like, that doesn't mean that I didn't still sit there for four hours. And it right. only took me ten minutes to take the picture. I didn't only go to there to take a picture or, right. like, spend all my time doing that. I spent hours there. And I just, like, it was such a beautiful moment that I wanted to photograph it and, like, sure. share it with people. For sure. And I think it, it's just when people ask ask about what we're doing a lot of times my response is to say all the negative things I like feel like I'm kind of word vomiting all my complaints but like it like especially in person or in writing forms but in photos it's really easy to do this glamorized thing but like both of those things are real it all is still a balance of like there are wonderful moments and it's also extremely challenging but like I'm here because I like it right obviously like the good outweighs the bad right that's Um, the thing no one lives in a van full time for a long period of time if they hate it and they're only doing it for Instagram like I've met people who were only doing it for Instagram it was very obvious and whether like within two months they were out of the van like you cannot handle this lifestyle if you don't love it like it's not this is not a lifestyle that is for people who just want to like I don't know take pictures and and not act like you're actually living in a very small space and having oh, yeah. to deal with daily challenges that no other lifestyle would face. No, because everything takes one million dollars to longer. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, I want to work. And I, yeah, what's funny is I used to talk about this like, okay, I don't have to wake up and shower and put on my makeup and put on a suit and drive to work, which is like a two hour endeavor in itself. And I was always so proud of the moment. I'm like, I can pull out my laptop mm. and just, like, work in my pajamas from bed, which is, uh, it's, that's true when I have service. But there are days where I'm like, oh, I don't have service. And I'm, like, driving around in circles with my phone out my window. And I'm, like, searching for bars. Right. Like, and that takes... <laughs> I did that today. I literally, like, I take I put all it- the reflectics in my van. And I'm like, <laughs> is this, like, insulation somehow blocking technology? I hold mine up to the vent fan all the time. Because, like, there is insulation and a ceiling in my van. Right. So 
I'm like holding it up to the vent fan where maybe like I don't know. I'll yeah. get half you're, of You're like, yeah, I'll try harder, whatever. Yeah. But, like, there are days where, yeah, I get a roll up, like, I roll out of bed and I truly, like, I will work and I'll get, like, a half a day's work by, like, 10 a.m. And I'm in my bed and it's convenient. And I'm like, damn, that was so much more efficient. Yeah. But then there are other days where I've, like, been looking for solid service for four hours and I still can't upload or download the thing I need to right. for work. And, and you, I mean, I'm on crying, those, yeah, on days like, like that, you literally don't get to work. Like, it doesn't matter if there's a deadline. It doesn't right. matter what you have to do. Like, you're either driving hours out of your way or you are not getting that deadline like For it's sure. just not happening and i think that's even like i mean i know we're supposed to be talking about solo travel but like <laughs> that can go into like remote work in the sense of like for example i have bosses like i have clients that i i um, yeah actually services out on, but you are your own boss because right. you run divine on the road like you run a business so I want you to talk about, after you finish this, I would yeah. like you to go and into what you do actually for a living. And I don't know if we need to go back on the, the solo thing, because I still didn't say a question that I originally <laughs> asked me. So, in regards to remote work, with the stresses of that especially, there are um, there are a lot of ways to obviously do remote work. But in our example, like, what we're talking about is... I have clients, I have bosses, I have people that I'm kind of reporting to. I'm still a freelancer, I'm, I'm still not an employee of anybody. Like, I'm still billing out my clients, but... I do have external deadlines of other people that they've set for me, right? Right. Whereas, like, you're your own boss, you run your own business, and so your deadlines are still hard, they're still extremely important, like, you still are, like, I promised X, Y, and Z that I'm going to get a podcast or blog post or whatever out on this date, but um, you're your own boss, so if you're like, oh, I, I know I don't have service today, you have that flexibility, which is so wonderful to be able to be, like this is literally impossible. It's not going to happen today. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Whereas I think that that is a stress of being remote, but also working for, for other clients or companies is like, it is extremely stressful to have to text your boss and be like, Hey, it's just not going to happen. Cause like in our day to day world, I would never just not meet a deadline. That would just never happen. I'm far too anal. I'm far too professional. I just, I take my shit very seriously, but on the road, like it's unpredictable. Things happen. Right. Like, it doesn't matter how professional you are sometimes. You're just, like, screwed. I'm just, like, I'm, yeah, I'm, like, oh, my God, I, I cannot download 89 photos today. Like, right. it, Especially it's not like happen. I'm in the desert. I'll look at reviews of a spot, and they're, like, full Verizon cell service, oh and you yeah. get there, and there's, like, absolutely not an ounce of service, and you're just, like, oh, oh right. Like, I planned to be here for the next week. Like, right. oh, I can't spend another another day here because I have to get whatever done. Well, in Colorado has this, like, I don't really know how to describe it except for calling it, like, fake service where I'll have bars. It'll be like three bars of LTE, but like I can't open an email. I can't open a social media app. And it's like, I, I, sometimes I can't even send a text, you know? Yeah. And that's what my problem with the women on the road gathering actually was that I was receiving all my notifications and texts, but I couldn't actually send, send anything, anything or like yeah. open Instagram. Like I could get the notification that somebody commented or whatever, but I couldn't actually open Instagram or like see it. Right. And like, I was supposed to like, that's a great example for work. I was like, Hey, I'm going to post on our social media platform with a company that I work with so that we have like a van life presence at this event. And like, I was literally at one X continuously. Like there was, yeah. it, I took the content, it'll go up later, but like, that was something that I said I was going to do and it was just, it was impossible. And I, I could have sat there and stressed out about it, but I was just like, it's not happening. I just right. can't do it. What do you think the best solution for that is? Like just having mm-hmm. to tell them I'm sorry or like, because I know people are going to wonder, okay, so how am I going to do that? Like, I think how like, do you work around that? For sure. Like open communication is a thing. I'm lucky in the sense that like one of the things that I do the most is with the Van Life Culture magazine. And so my boss lives in a van and he understands right. like we'll have phone calls where we're both like cutting in and out and we have to rearrange a conference call because there's like no service in Southern California or wherever we are. 
So there's already flexibility there. Um, with the other people that I work with that don't live in vans, they know I live in a vehicle. Like I do not hide yeah, that. I'm it's definitely something to that. be upfront with at the very beginning. Like yeah. this might be an issue and just, just know that as know. soon as I can take care of things, I will contact you and I will take care of them. For sure. And I will say that like, I feel like what I'm saying is making it sound like that is always an issue and I'm always missing deadlines. Like, I will, I will truly give like an arm and a leg to not miss a deadline. Right. Like, I will. I've seen you. I mean, we've been at gatherings like, and I mean, people are just, they're drinking and hanging around a campfire and doing whatever. And Katie is like holding her laptop to the sky. Like, I truly, just need to post yeah. this. <laughs> Logan and I went camping the other week and um, we, there was supposed to be service and it was like a small thing that needed to get done. But I was just like, I just don't feel comfortable missing this thing that needs to happen. So like we left one van and we drove, you know, 15 minutes and then we parked our van on the side of the road and he sat there with patience in the dark while I worked. I got my thing done and then we went back up to camp and it's like that little bit of annoyance for me is like, once again, it's all about balance. Like that always balances out me having to like be somewhere Monday to Friday, eight to five. Right. Like, that but it is, also like you it. sleep better that night knowing that you oh just God, like rather than the, the time to get it done. Right. And that comes back to like the anal control thing is like, I, I wouldn't be comfortable missing a deadline. Like, okay, for example, I'm supposed to post every single day for a social media company that I work for on Saturday. It was truly impossible. I was going right. to have to leave in my van and I was in a tight line, multiple lines of vans. And roughly 40 minutes from service. Exactly. And it's like, I didn't meet that deadline and that really sucks. Like I'm, that's something that I've promised every day, but okay. So that's an example. I was like, I, this is kind of getting exhausting. So instead I made a proposition to the company that I'm working for to invest in a scheduling program. Right. And now it's like, not only am I going to be more efficient and now I can allocate my time towards other things, but like they're actually going to get better better services for me as like yeah. a, a worker. Yeah. No, um, I think that's awesome. Yeah. That was I really mean, smart of you. Being dynamic. It's like, yeah. And, and it's, I had to say like, Hey, this is going to cost the company a little bit, but like by doing this, I'm then going to be, it, I'm going to be so much more efficient than I can uh, invest my time into X, Y, and Z. And now we're talking about propositions for like blog posts and newsletters. And I actually am going to like expand my responsibilities, double my paycheck with them because of that conversation that got started. You yeah. Know? No. Yeah. I, that's awesome. I didn't even know that before. Yeah. Love learning new things on the podcast. Well, I just got started, so I just got all my emails <laughs> <Right>. today. <laughs> she just found out. Okay, so then on the other side of that, we talked a little bit about, like, the glamorizing, blah, blah. I mean, we I always get off track, so understandably. No. Um, we went over 27 topics right there. I know. <laughs> We've covered everything. <laughs> what is something that you wish people would ask you? Specifically, let's reel back into the solo the female solo thing. Female In terms of being a solo female, what do you wish people would ask you or, like, care more about? And uh, not to even go first or anything, but I... This... I don't know if this has anything to do with solo female. She's going first. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. This is Katie's podcast. <laughs> but a girl was in Katie's van the other day that we met at the gathering, and she was like, so what's the story behind your van build? Like, what... And... I had never had that question. People will be mm-hmm. like, oh, why did you do that one thing? Or, oh. Who built your van? Yeah, who did this? Or did you build it yourself? But no one has ever been like, so, what's the story behind the reasoning of all of this? And it was like, mm-hmm. no one has, I've never heard that question, which is just really yeah. interesting to even, to someone who does, I like, I answer a lot of questions. So to hear something that I haven't heard is like relatively rare. And so to hear that is like actually really exciting and I kind of love it. Well, especially because I think you and I are sitting here on a very um, unique side that like a lot of people are like, yeah, I built my van. I've been in it, you know, by myself for this long. But you and I, every single time when someone says, 
oh, so um, did you build the van yourself? You and I are both, I mean, you're different now because you're in a second van, but it always inevitably comes back to us having to talk about, like, this breakup that's weird. And it's oh like, my God, every I've time. told that story a hundred fucking times. And it's like, yeah, I, so I liked her question because it opened up a platform where it wasn't a pre preconceived notion. Right. She wasn't expecting anything. She was genuinely cu- curious, and it provided a place where it was, like, much easier to be, like, she almost, like, opened the vulnerability kind of there. Yeah. And then it's easier to be like, well, I built my van out with an ex. You know, we lived in it together for a year, and then we split up, and, you know, we both chose to pursue this lifestyle. Right. It's just less, like, rigid. Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, did you build the van yourself? And then we say, I did it with an ex. Well, that's what I was going to say. like, huh. Her question was very broad on, like, you can kind of tell whatever story you want, want and exactly. leave out anything that you don't feel comfortable sharing, because this was a literal stranger. She was, yeah, exactly. And so, but when someone says this exact question, this exact question, it leads to 20 more. And so at some point you're going to have to tell from beginning to end the entire story. Exactly. And it's, I'm not against sharing that, obviously. Like, I've done it. We've and, both talked about it so many times. Right. But it's just kind of like, in that moment, you don't know if I feel like seriously just doing this for... And then sometimes Lee is right there. And I'm and just like... awkward. Yeah, I'm just like... And he knows the story, so it's not like I'm, like, giving some, like, crazy information and it's mm-hmm. news to him. But at the same time, I'm, like, trying to be respectful to his, you know, comfort. And I'm just kind of like, well, for the one millionth time, let me tell you about how I did this with my ex. Yeah, like, exactly. And it's... It, there are times where it's like, that is important. He was... Like, I've talked about it a lot. He is an important part of this. It was his idea. I'm very upfront about that. I would not be here right now if it was not for him. Yeah. For that, I am grateful. I'm not grateful for a lot of other things, but for that, I am <laughs> grateful. Bang. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I love that you keep doing that. It feels very dramatic to, like, leaning close to the mic, but... No, I, I don't mean to be rude. I just... There are not a lot of things that I've carried forward in my life from that relationship where I've been um, extraordinarily grateful for something in specific. But, like, yeah, I have never pretended like this was my idea. I've never pretended like I, you know, came up with this beautiful alternative lifestyle. Like, he wanted to do it, and I had no idea what it was, and I would not be here right now if it was not for him. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Like, yeah. I owe him all of that. I right. do not take any credit What do you for think that. the biggest difference is from being with him and traveling and then being a solo and traveling? Oh, my God. That's like I could talk for <laughs> 45 minutes about this. Like, okay, I have this cheesy... Stop slapping your knee. I'm so sorry. I have this cheesy analogy about how traveling with him was... We had a time frame, first of all. So it was just him and I. We were going to do a year, and that was it. So it was like this external journey where we were traveling the physical, like, soil of the United States of America. We were, yeah. like, hiking, visiting parks. <laughs> Highly specific. Was that detailed enough? <laughs> the United States soil. Of America. I just visited Canada, and every time I say America, they're like, this entire continent is America, bitch. You're not special. Like, they just think that you That's true. You know? So... We were really traveling. Um, we weren't working that much. I started working remotely partway through, but it was really like an external, like a physical traveling journey. And since being alone, it's really been, I've been much more stationary. I do not move around as much and it's so cheesy, but like the journey is truly inside. Like I have learned so much in the last yeah. year about myself that not only like would have never happened at all, but like I didn't even know I needed to do that or that it was possible. Right. And I think it's so important and I am so different because of that and I think it's an experience that like it's kind of unique in the sense that we talked about like you don't really understand that unless you've lived in a vehicle by yourself for a year yeah you don't have 
that You're space like it, in day-to-day life. Yeah. I can talk to women who have, and by, like, this doesn't say, that this is not a negative thing at all. I don't want anyone to take it that way. But, like, I can talk to women who have lived by themselves or have done things by themselves. But when you have been a woman who lives on the road for a year alone and you meet another woman who has done the exact same thing, it is a connection that is, like, you cannot explain it. Like, you understand each other on this wavelength that no one else has ever understood. Like, mm-hmm. when you're in a relationship in a van, you are very much, like, it's just as challenging. But mm-hmm. it's challenging by giving and taking with this other person and compromising and making sure that you're being there for them in the ways that they need. And, like, it's it's lovely when you're with the right partner. Right. But when you are alone on the road, you challenge yourself, like... In ways that you just don't think that you could. I mean, there every single day something pops up. And the every, I, spe- I mean, I was 22, 23, you know, at the beginning of this. And I, I just didn't know at all what I was capable of. And I mean, mm-hmm. like, even, you know, I feel like I kind of went into it thinking like, oh, I've got this. Like, it will be fine. But posing a new challenge every single day. And once you've accomplished it, you're just like, damn, like, I did this. Like, yeah. I... There, it is not easy at all, even though, like we said, like, I absolutely love it, wouldn't change it for anything. But seeing that in the rearview mirror of, like, all of the things that I can check off that list, like, things that I have learned, things that I've done, whether it was changing a tire or something that I did internally or, like, work I've done on myself or raising Ella alone, like, right. all of those things make you a different person. Like, I feel like I went from a nine-year-old in life to, like, a 50-year-old in life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not that I know everything, but it just... You do learn a lot about yourself. And there, living alone in an apartment, which I've done, didn't do that for me at all. Right. I mean, and I've never lived alone in an apartment, but doing this, it's, like, it's so empowering, right? And I think that you have the opportunity to, like, prove to yourself all these things that you're capable about, like, you're capable to do. Right. And that's just, like... It's crazy. And something that I thought about sometimes, too, is, like, when I struggle to feel confident or, like, badass enough. Because when I was first – I we had the van on the market when we broke up. I wasn't never, like, I'm just going to buy it and I'm going to do this alone. Like, I had my – my old job was offering me a position again. I was thinking about, like, moving back in with my parents, like, trying to figure it out. And I, I like, made a joke to him on the phone one day. I was, like – he was, like, who's who's buying the van? Because he kind of left. It was – it was – um a little messy. He was like, you sell the van, move out of it, deal with it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I was like touring the van to people off of Craigslist as it was listed. I was like, I can't sell this van. I'm just going to buy it. Like, I don't want to sell it. Like, I physically cannot do that. Yeah. I'm going to buy it. And he was like, no, you're not. And I was like, could I like, what, what if I buy this van? Like, is that actually possible? And then I did that. And like, looking back on that situation, if that was a friend or a sister, I would be like, go fucking you. Like, that is so amazing. But, like, I think it's hard to look at yourself sometimes with that, like, concept of pride. Right. Because nobody... With that kind of power, you just don't think, like... It just doesn't seem possible. It's not even, like, I think I'm weak or I think I'm this or that. Like, it just doesn't even seem like that's a thing that Mm -hmm. I, like, that you can do. Even in terms of just getting to pay for the van and, like, how you had to work things out with your ex. It was just... Like, yeah. to be on the other side of that seems a light year away. Yeah. I mean, we're still financially intertwined now. And we've been right. broken up for a year and a half over that. And it's like, it is very messy. But, like, I am so proud of what right. has happened. And, like, it has not been perfect. It has not been easy. But, by God, is it worth it? Like, right. time and time and time again, I can glamorize it. I can talk about all the negatives. But, like... 
Never in a day do I wake up and I'm like, this is not worth it. Or I don't want to be here. I've never felt that way for never one minute. Never felt that day one, one, one minute out of the day. Like, and I have bad days where I like cry or whatever and I feel lonely or homesick. And actually, I don't even know why I said that. Let's cut that out because I don't <laughs> even feel lonely. Like truly, that's not an emotion that I've ever felt in the van. I right. was more lonely in a room or a house full of four roommates in a city yeah. with all my friends than I've ever been. Yeah, by that's what I, I've talked a little bit about that on social media. Just the fact that like I, I'm already somewhat introverted. Like I, I genuinely, to my core, enjoy being alone. Like yeah. I like it, and I didn't used to like it. Like it took a lot of work to actually enjoy my own presence, but I do, and. I feel so much more comfortable in a room by myself sometimes than I, like, even at the gathering. I love the women at the gathering. Like, there wasn't anyone that I met there that put me off or that I didn't want to speak to anymore. That just didn't happen. But still after, you know, we'll, we'll interact and socialize for five or six hours. And like, I need to come in my van for 30 minutes and close the doors and just like sit on my bed and scroll. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I need to just detach myself a bit. Yeah. And I just, yeah, there's something to be said just about being forced to be in a situation where you're now traveling alone, you're living in a van and like learning to love being by yourself. And like, that's what taught, like, that's the biggest lesson I think I took away from traveling alone is like, I'm not, I'm not the person that I, I thought I was like the anxiety riddled human being who was scared to have conversations with strangers. And I don't know, there's a, you know, a lot intimidated me about the world. And now I feel like there's still, uh, there's still a million things I could work on as a human being, but like, I'm comfortable in a room by myself. I'm comfortable with the thoughts that I have on a daily basis. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm much more comfortable being who I am. Right. I mean, and to literally bring it back full circle, you said that when we first met, you were first getting back into your new build, you were on your own. And like, I've known you now for that year. Yeah. And like, it is (laughs) insane what you've done over that last year. Like, you were so like shy and timid and just like, very anxious. I could see that. And like, I had to have like, you and I were exchanging stories. And I had to look you in the eye and be like, you don't have to do things you don't want to do. Yeah. You don't have to be friends no, with people like, you don't want to do. No, Katie has, like, reached over and held my hand <laughs> while being like, hi, you don't need to force yourself to be in situations you don't want to be in. Like, yeah, I'm like, you can leave. You but don't have to do this right. thing. But that's the thing, like, I, I do feel like to some degree, and I don't know if it's, like, a childish and mature perspective or if it's something that society kind of builds in us at, to some degree, but, like... I, I've always felt obligated to do things. Like, Katie was the first person who was my age, who was like-minded. You know, it's okay, not wait, like... I am older than you. <laughs> okay, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not my mom telling me this anymore. Like, sure. it's someone who I get along with, and you're my friend, and you're someone who I look up to in that respect. And you, watching you st- look at someone and respectfully being like, you know what? I don't feel like doing that. No. Yeah. No, thank but you. But I'm not an expert. Like... I stayed up till 2.30 last night going through, like, an internal battle about um, saying no to someone that I felt super, like, obligated to do something. Right. But I think that comes with time. Like, I remember, like, there was a couple months ago where you've posted for the first time you talking into a camera on an Instagram story, and I texted you, and yeah. I was like, you go, bitch. Like, one year ago, you would not have done no. that. No. I, like, th- I don't know if people even know that, though. Like, I couldn't. It's not that I didn't want to talk on my Instagram story. Like... You I remember even take a selfie I remember, without feeling weird. I was just about to say that. Katie, I had this whole conversation with Katie one night. We were, like, drinking, and we were, like, talking about all of this stuff. 
And I told her, like, it's been two or three years since I looked at myself in a camera. Like, it's different when you're on a tripod, it's 10 feet away, and it's just kind of clicking, and then later on, I look in it in Lightroom or whatever. But to hold a phone in front of your face and see your face while taking the photo felt very vulnerable, and I, I felt like other people would view that as narcissistic. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at myself in this camera, and I'm talking and whatever, when in reality, like, I knew people wouldn't think that, but I just felt really vulnerable and really scared, and I didn't like it, and Katie was like, you know what you should do? Take a photo, uh, like, take one selfie every day. Don't post it. Just, like, snap a picture of your face, and I did that for, like, two weeks, and then I released the... This was so recently that I didn't talk on my story for the first time until my first podcast came out, because I knew I needed to explain to people what I was doing, and I wanted to put a face to the voice that they might be listening to, and... I was like, no, this is something I have to do. So I I made Lee, like, leave, and I sat in a room for, like, hours. Like, I did it a hundred times. You do it a hundred times, yeah. I, and yes. now, in a very short period of time, like, I'm pretty comfortable doing it, yeah. you know? I don't love it. I don't you've prefer... you've still only done it maybe five times, but in that time, you've practiced looking But that's at the thing. I didn't practice it one time before that. Like, I never talked to the camera and didn't like it. I never did it. Mm-hmm. Well, and you so- wouldn't even step near the idea. Like, I <laughs> talked to you about it because my boss, one, one of my, I mean, I say my boss, I'm, I'm still a freelancer, but he was like, we're really trying to like familiarize this platform of van lifers and it would be really important for all of us as a team to start talking into the camera so that people know that we right. are normal people. And you and I were talking about that and we were both like, Hell no. Like, yeah. you couldn't pay me a million dollars to stare at myself in a camera and talk into it like I am talking to right. a human. But like, it's funny because when you watch someone talking into the camera, you don't you think don't anything. Think about it. Yeah. But, like, while you're doing it yourself, it's just very intimidating and it definitely takes practice and, like... It takes you doing it with the idea that no one will ever see it to actually start getting comfortable doing it. And now I just, like, stare at my phone and I'll talk and I just, like, picture you on the other side. And I'm just like, (laughs) Katie, just like, I'm just talking to Katie. Well, and it's funny because, like, a a small fact about us is that, like, I think that, like... We both have a lot of social anxiety and we want to obviously come off as like smart and we, we want to be talking about things that we are passionate about. We want to be, right. um, we want to be forward, but also like humble about the privilege and the things that we're doing. Right. Yeah. So like there are a lot of times where you and I are going to either post like a photo, a caption or a video and we send it to each other and we're like, do I look stupid? Yeah, we're just like, what do I look what, like? Yeah, in yeah. This? Is this okay? Like, do I need to re-record this or do I need to rewrite this? Or like we truly will do like grammatical checks even on just like Yeah. But we've also talked about the benefits and having a friend in that way. We're like, mm-hmm. I could come to you crying about my relationship. I could come to you screaming about something that somebody else posted on Instagram, knowing that like she's seen it too. Like <laughs> nobody else has seen that too. You know, like you're yeah. the friend that's in the same world. But I can also send you a caption. I can send you a blog post. You can proofread it. You can tell me how to improve a photo, like, in any possible way that a friend would benefit me. Like, you benefit me in 10 out of 10 ways. Like, there's not something that I, I, serious, like, swear to God, I can't come up with one thing that I wouldn't go to you for. I love that. Knowing that you come to me, you would be 100% honest and, like, understand what I'm saying. Like, that's the thing. I have other friends that I love dearly, but, like, if I said, hey, did you see what so-and-so said? They'd be like, who? What, what are you but talking like, about? there is nothing that I I consume yeah. as a consumer, like, or just a viewer on Instagram or a person in general, like that you are not very 
equivalent to and even if you have a different idea of it or like you are like yeah girl don't post that <laughs> like <laughs> like I know that you're like you are very similar to me so you're giving me advice that I would give the same thing to you exactly and I was gonna say that is that we are extremely similar in so many ways is that like back to like early middle school or high school things like you and I've talked so much about our similarities and so even now it's like I just I know like I obviously, like I said, in friendships, there's always a quality that you need to be providing for people. And I do believe that. But a lot of our like closeness, I think, has come from recognizing each other, like who we are and not just being like, I'm the same friend to these 10 people. And Sydney's picking up on it the most. Like, no, you and I are close specifically because we've tailored our actions and the way that we treat each other for friendship. Like we are in the same world. We've gone through a lot of the same things. Our breakups, our new relationships, our soul time has all been very intertwined. And like, that's quite rare yeah no i mean it's it's a one in a million for me (laughs) (laughs) universe (laughs) that's why i'm like you're not going anywhere okay to wrap it up the last thing i want to ask you um and i'm going to try and come up with something on my own as well what advice you would give to a woman who wants to travel solo whether they just got out of a relationship or they're in one and they want to get out of it and travel solo or they're nothing to do with a relationship and they've been single and they want to be single, but they just want to travel. A lot of women don't think it's possible. And a lot, a lot of women will message me or they will say, I, yeah, I, I want to do what you're doing so badly, but I'm going to wait until I find someone to share that with, or I'm going to mm-hmm. find someone that can help me on those hard days and blah, blah, blah. And like, I really want women to feel like regardless of your financial circumstances, of your life circumstances, your relationship, anything and everything, like you can do this 100% and succeed. Like, you don't need a partner at all. Maybe it makes splitting gas or something easier, but, like, there's a million different ways that a relationship can actually be slightly problematic to this lifestyle. So, like, I Mm -hmm. want women to feel empowered. I want them to feel like this is accessible to anyone and everyone. And what is, like, the biggest takeaway or, like, the biggest piece of advice that you would give to someone that would want to do that? Well, I think, first of all, like, I want to say I love my boyfriend. He is wonderful, <laughs> and he is amazing, and he's a exceptional partner, and I've loved traveling with him. But 10 out of 10, traveling on my own has been easier than traveling with a partner. Do you think you're a better partner to him now because you have the experience 5, of traveling alone? I tell him all the time, if you and I had met at any different point, like... I would not be the same partner. You wouldn't even like me slightly as much as you do now. Like, the things that I've done have not only allowed me to be in a space on my own, recognize what healthy living in a vehicle looks like, but I'm not I'm not only healthier to him in a relationship standard of if we were just in everyday life, but to be a partner that we now travel together in, you right. know, even if we have two vehicles, like, we travel full-time. I haven't left his side more than seven days, and that was a stretch. Like, that was, <laughs> it was very, very difficult. It was very hard, and we have both agreed we will never go that long again if we don't have to. But it's 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 actually, it's easier on your own. Because yeah. there are stresses, but... There's no compromises. There's no compromises. There's something about living in a vehicle on your own. There's no obligation. You're not with your family and friends. Yeah. So, like... And you get to be acceptably selfish all the time. All the time. Like, oh in, the, in not in a, like, negative, selfish kind of way, but, like, I felt like, wow, for the first time in my life, I can go where I want, when Whenever. I want. Like, like I don't yeah. have to apologize to someone. I don't have to ask them permission or exactly. ask what their opinion is. Like, I just get to wake up and do this. Exactly. And I don't see another situation where that is true. Like... Right. To be able to sit and truly, like, I could wake up and be like, what do I feel like doing? Where do I feel like going? I could sit in bed and order Thai food and just be a piece of shit for a day. (laughs) Or I could go on a seven-mile hike on my own. Or I could work and, and get three blog posts out. Like, it is so easy. You're not having to say, excuse me. You're not having to work around other people. You're not having to compromise. Like, but... 
With all that being said, I once again, I do love my boyfriend. <laughs> we get it. He's amazing. You're but, gross. Um, <laughs> my, I think, yeah, my piece of advice is one that it is easier. I think it, I think it's, I have a one leg up, I will say. Well, you, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but in this answer, can you tie in safety? Because I know that that's something that women are curious about. And like, I don't like that as a solo female, that's the number one thing that we are asked because I think it's stupid. I think that there's nothing that I have done as a solo woman that I wouldn't do if my partner was also in the van. Mm -hmm. I I want both of us to be safe. I don't just want me to be safe. So it's like a safety, like that doesn't necessarily apply, but because it's such a hot question, I somehow... I would like you, you to, to hear in any way address because I know that people are going to be curious about that and they expect in a solo female podcast to address that topic. Of course. So it's like, I, I also want to say the fact that I don't like it and that I, I know you probably feel the same way because it gets very old, but to appease the people, the like, people. yeah, somehow just address that, I guess. Well, and that's actually why um, when you and I were brainstorming questions, I said, what is something that people don't ask you that they wish that they do? That was like a question I had. It's because I recently did an interview with a woman who was like, I'm going to ask you this question and then I'm going to ask you a follow-up that's going to counter, you know, mm-hmm. be, be kind of productive, I guess, to it. So she was like, what are you scared about? And then also, like, are you sick of people asking you about fear? Because, and I, I, you know, I've said this a lot. I honestly haven't heard a lot of, like, receptive feedback to it. But as a female, I was taught at a young age to wash my back, to have my keys between my knuckles. I checked under my car in parking garages. The moment I got in my car, especially when it was dark, I locked my doors. I have been trying to be safe for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. That has gotten easier in the van, not harder. Right. Like... If I don't feel good, I leave. If something feels weird or there's people around my van that I don't feel comfortable with, I guess what? I turn on my car and I go somewhere else. Like, I feel safer because I have more control. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people think that, like, out in the desert, you're going to be so upset. But it's like, if I'm going to, if something's going to happen to me in the desert, it's going to be like a serial killer, like, stumbled upon me and that's bad luck. One in a million. It's literally, like, nobody is... Nobody's coming out and being like, I saw this girl drive down a dirt road for 20 miles on her own and I'm going to go follow her. Like, they right. just, I mean, and obviously. Something I always say is like, I want to acknowledge the fact that I know as a woman, I am more vulnerable than a single man. Sure. Like, I know that there are people who have been trafficked. I know that, like, there's no ignorance or I'm turning my head away from the potential dangers. I know it. I acknowledge it. But I always tell women. We have been taught from a very young age. You're already you are doing su- that. You're supposed to be fearful. The yeah. world is out to get you. And that is unfortunately what a lot of women think. Like, well, if I live on the road, whether they're with a partner or not, well, the world is out to get me. And I need to make sure that, like, a man's not following me in a Walmart parking lot or this isn't happening. And, like, being on the road two years, partly with a partner and then the other half not, I have never once in one moment felt danger. Like, yeah. I truly believe the majority of the world is here to support you and encourage you and love Mm -hmm. you. They want to be here for you. They are in like very inquisitive about the fucking, the lifestyle that we have. Like they want to know, they think it's really cool. There are very few people. They exist. I acknowledge the fact that like these people do exist, but there are far fewer than what we pretend there are, like than what we're told there are. You're not walking through on a daily basis, like terrified that something's going to happen. Like, no, Because nothing has ever put me in that situation before, but from the age of, you know, a little girl, like, you can't approach anyone, you can't do this, you have to think this way. And so you just inevitably think, oh my god, the world is out to get me, I'm a woman. Like, I'm weak, Mm -hmm. I'm vulnerable. And, like, that's why 
and I've so many captions. I'm just like, you're not weak. I'm not weak. Like you are just as capable as the man that is sitting next to you. Like that just doesn't, it doesn't exist the way that we are taught that it exists. When I wish that that wasn't the case, obviously I think we all do, but like it is the case. But if anybody's like, I'm too scared to go out on the road, I'm going to be a woman alone. It's like, it is still the case. Whether you live in an apartment in San Francisco, Portland, right. Oregon, Denver, Colorado, or in a van alone, like, that feeling is still there. It's not going to get any better, but it's also not going to get any worse. Right. Like, you might as well go do what you, you want to well, do. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes, that... People are like, do you feel fear? And I'm like, well, kind of, because, like, I've always felt fear. But, like, right. it's not actually really fear. It's just that I'm just maintaining what I was taught to be safe. Like... Right. But I don't ever feel like, oh, I'm scared because I'm a woman. I like, honestly don't. I'm more scared of, like, a coyote coming up on me when bear. I'm peeing or a bear than, like, a person coming up to, like kidnap or like right you know take me into well that's the thing people don't know like, like i have dogs in the van i have an alarm on the van i have weapons in the van yeah people are likely to like there are a million ways that i could protect myself in the van that i don't feel like i could protect myself in an apartment yeah i could easily wake up in an apartment with someone on top of me and something happening like yeah which is an awful thought but like in the van I will, my dogs will hear them coming on the door because, like, right. I mean, we're living in... You're living in a small space. Two square feet. Like, right. they're going to hear them, which will wake me up immediately. I can immediately press the alarm, call 911, get a weapon, and they, like, I have the pocket door specifically so if someone breaks in the front, like, I ha- can buy time. Yeah, you've and done that specifically towards Right, this, yeah. which is another piece of advice I guess I could give women. Like, if you do feel that fear, or regardless of if you're a woman or in a partnership, like build in something during your conversion that you, that can apply to safety. Like yeah. keep yourself safe. Uh, do thing, like yeah. motion censored lights on the outside or right. have an alarm or do the pocket door or anything that makes you feel more comfortable and will allow you to sleep better at night. Right. I mean, yes, a hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And like, we can talk about this. I mean, you can cut this out. You can keep it. I honestly don't really care, but like... We're cutting very little out. <laughs> no, I'm just letting you know. It's like, I have been not only sexually assaulted, but also assaulted. All of those things. And we- I wouldn't have made a joke about it if I knew that's where you were <laughs> We can laugh about it because thank God that's friendship. Like I was going to say, but you we've also I, talked about this a dozen you times. You and I have talked about this enough that like, and honestly, truly, like that wasn't something I would talk about openly a year ago, but right. through our friendship, like we have talked so openly about things, but like both of those things have happened multiple times. Neither of them have been a single occurrence, but guess what? Both of them happened pre-van. Right. Like, I have never been more empowered and more strong and more safe as a woman than I am living within a small area where I can control. No one's following me down a hallway in an elevator, whatever it is. Like, I have control of this. Like... Right. I just... I... I, I, and you know, and, and I, I will say this, like, I do have certain things that I do do for safety. It doesn't change whether 100%. I'm in a van or, you know, anywhere but else. But that's like, the thing is that I would hope you would do those things whether you were with exactly. Logan or not. Or not. And it's like, I park nose out so that if I need to, I can. Yeah. Um, if you're parking in a Walmart parking lot, don't go inside at 1 a.m. No. Like, and, and if I do, I'm getting out the front door with the curtain. And I honestly, sometimes I'll even pretend like I'm talking to somebody in the back. Like, right. I, I never open my doors and then leave so that people either, like, one, rob my vehicle or two, know that I'm alone. But, like, um, I also, like, people make fun of me. Like, I, you know, I got made fun of a hundred times this weekend for being OCD and anal. But, like, I have a hook that I put my keys on. And I do that specifically because if somebody came up and was outside my van or had a gun to my window, I can get on my hands and knees. I can reach up. I can grab my keys. And, you know, I can start my car. And with my hands, I can pedal myself out of wherever I am. Like, yeah. I've I know, never heard someone say that. And I love it. Yeah. It's like... And I mean, you you know, I I get 
I get fucking roasted for being <laughs> anal. Like, I really do, but, like, it is not without purpose. Everything that I do is, like, partially because yeah. my blood boils and I have a hard time maintaining right. my heart rate, but, like... <laughs> I'm on serious medication, and I'm it's a, fine. I'm on a lot of mental health medication, but also still safety is number one. Hashtag headspace. Uh, yeah, um, I, and I will say this. I do try to talk about mental health and whatever we... we I was going to say, we're already at an hour. We're already at an hour, so, like, that's not going to happen, but, like... Next episode. Yeah. But, yeah, I have a ring that I put my keys on, and, like, I do not put my keys on my bed. I do not put my keys in my pocket. They do not go on my counter. Right. They go on my hook even my boyfriend would be like where is the keys and i'm like there's only one place i'm like are they on the hook and he's like no and i'm like well if they were on the hook where they're supposed to be you wouldn't have to ask me but like i know at all times where my keys are i can i'm not gonna be able to navigate out a mile and a half dirt road but like i could get on my hands and knees start my car and with my my hands truly i I was gonna say at least gas it i could pedal it out of like a gun a gun or like a situation right until you can climb up in the driver's seat for sure or at least even making a scene you know exactly. what I mean? To just like, yeah, get even attention. if you gas it into a car in front of you, like if you're in a Walmart parking lot, they're probably running away. Someone's gonna happen. Yeah, something's gonna happen, and and like that is with intention. So I'm just saying, like, that is a very be intentional. Yeah, that's a Piece huge example. But like, that was not. I was still doing that in other forms um, when I was not living in a van. So it's really. I feel like this sounded really scary. <laughs> But do it. <laughs> but it's really, it's really honestly not that scary. I, I feel safe a lot of the time. The other thing that I do want to say is I want to full circle it back to the first question that we talked about that I never fully answered, which is what, what do you wish that people would ask you about? And this is my, this is kind of like my catchphrase for the last year is that I was really having a hard time knowing myself and building that relationship with myself. I really struggled to know if I was going to be confident or um, outdoorsy enough. Was I going to be able to chop and gather my own wood? Could I make decisions late at night when I'm tired to be safe? And what I ended up doing is not only to just build my confidence, but to become my own confidant was I started treating my time with myself like I would with a friend. So if I was busy, I still scheduled time for myself where I was like, hanging out with myself like a friend. I would go to a movie alone or go out to eat alone or just, you know, do yoga alone, whatever it is. And, like, when I started viewing myself as my own friend, like, I truly, it sounds cheesy, but, like, I became my own friend. Like, I gained trust in myself the way that I would as, like, when you spend time with someone like you and I. Yeah. You you build trust. Like, you you tell the other person about your fears, about your insecurities. Right. And then this person steps up for you to build your confidence to say, like, hey, no, you are great. You are capable and you are wonderful. Like, you can do it. By giving myself that time, like my other self gave that back to me <laughs> she is a great i friend. am <laughs> i just i it's it's been so full circle that like i found that i enjoy time with myself i really prioritize that yeah that's it Even reminds in a relationship me, yeah it reminds me of um something i said once in a caption that a lot of people mentioned and i didn't think of it that way until people were like kind of responding to that one piece but it's something that i want to put on like merch or like do something with because i stand by it so wholeheartedly but like i said i'm not by myself i'm with myself i love that and i oh my god i love i that. view that so like truthfully like yeah. I do, I don't ever feel like I'm sitting here by myself and I'm so lonely and I'm so sad. Like, I'm sitting here with myself, like, having fun with myself. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm fun. I'm funny. I dance. Yeah. I fucking <laughs> scream music. And it's like, yeah, I look forward to that time by myself. I prioritize that time by myself. Like, it's yeah. not, it's not something that I have to do to, like, cope with loneliness. It's like, that is the time that I look forward to. I'm like, oh my God, I don't have to interact with any other person. 
I get to truly focus on myself. And like, that is, it's just, my God. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. No, I love that. I think it's a great thing to end on. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I hope everybody likes this episode. It's yeah. going to be super long, but I, I, I just don't... want it to be known though, that like you and I were sitting here and like, we were both kind of like, oh, I don't know what this is going to be like, but like we could talk about this for hours. For hours. Like, I honestly feel like we're just even touching the surface. We are just in this hour. Truly and scratching like, the surface. You could try like, you and I have been, honestly, this is the longest we've ever made eye contact. <laughs> we've been staring We've been staring at each other, which we never do, but, like, I could do this for a long time. Yeah. And we could continue to go on all these topics of things that, like... Yeah. And I yeah. do, I feel like we do have such a wonderful friendship where, like, there's a million things we've already talked about in the past, just during conversation, that I feel like would be beneficial for other people to hear. Yeah. Um, only because, and I only say that because I... Like, I've been on the other side of things. I've been the person who needs to hear that. And so yeah. then it's like, you tell me. I internalize it. I take it home with me. I do my homework. <laughs> like, I'm good. And now I do feel like I'm on starting to be on the on the more positive side of things where I can... Sure. I do feel like more women need to hear the things that we talk about because we question ourselves a lot. The other one affirms and validates. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, we feel affirmed and validated and good in the decision that we didn't know yesterday. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that, like, there is power in solo female travel, but there's also power in female friendships. Like, we as oh my women gosh. are, like, meant to be together. That's why, like, Root for of each other. Ago, good God, Lord. We were raising children in communities together. Like... Having somebody else to just be like, I'm embarrassed. Do I sound stupid? Or, like, this is something that I don't feel comfortable talking to the masses about. So, like, yeah. I, just, I just need to come to you as a vulnerable person and talk to you about something that I'm feeling extraordinarily insecure about. Like, having a space, a safe space where you have a friend that you can talk to about those things with, like, that is invaluable. It's not yeah. going to happen every single day. Like, you are... No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it took me 20... Until meeting yeah. you, I didn't it's have a friend like that. Yeah. Like, you are one in a million. Our, I, I truly believe that our friendship is one in a million. But, like, when you do find that person, like, not having all those things has been so worth it to now have this space where I can right. talk to you about things. Like, that's, I, I can yeah. do this with you. And we laugh a lot, but, like, you never laugh at me. Like, I'm never, right, never. made to be done. Like, and if there is, um, you know, if there's advice or feedback like that's done in a very like healthy way and right it's always meant to be constructive from both sides god am i thankful (laughs) (laughs) we just love each other so much much. but like that's something i would want any female or i mean even any male because i'm sure having male friendships for males are is exactly like the same importance but we females are always viewed as competitors like we're supposed to be competing we're both doing the same thing we both talk about van life we you know we we were so low and blah 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 we could view each other in that way but like we just never did and i want any women who don't feel like they have that friendship to a give up or b think that you the reason i failed until finding you was because i was never being who i am i was always trying to be liked and so i would be like the other person Mm. and so it was always off for my end it was always like i'm trying so hard to get them but they don't so much get me and so i felt like i wasn't getting what i needed out of the friendship you're constantly morphing into like a little bit of you, but also like a lot of what other people exactly, are you, and that's how. And I so was. then, yeah. being alone in a van for a year, I was like super myself because I didn't have anyone to oppress on a daily basis. Like it didn't matter if I showered that day or like if I was wearing the same thing as yesterday. Like right. you just you turn into yourself because you're fine. Like you're with yourself so much mm-hmm. that like I mean you just are that person. And so then 
being that person, you really attract people or even one person who, like, clicks with you on every single level. Like, mm-hmm. you just fit as friends. Yeah. And so that, I, I, if I could give advice on that end, it's just, like, be 100% yourself if you want to find that friend because it's the only way to find that friend. Of course. I mean, and let it be known that, like, you're 24, I'm almost 28. Like, we're not exactly close in age. Like, I know that then, in theory, that's not that far, but, like, you and I have... I, I, I'm, like, approaching 30, right? And you're still in your early 20s, but, like... Thank knowing, you for saying that. <laughs> even knowing that, I'm just saying that, like, that has never even been a factor in this. What it has no, been yeah. is that, like, there is the same um, things that we're looking for out of friends and that we want to give out of, like, friendship. Yeah. And a lot of that has come from you and I spending time alone, being extraordinarily secure. Maybe not super secure. <laughs> but, but insecure in front of one another and, like... Oh, my God, yeah. Somehow, like really turning that into security. Like, and it's, it's honestly, like, yeah, a year ago, you and I were, like, we, we were, like, kind of preaching the words that we needed to be hearing about security. Right, we were, t- I was telling you what I wanted to hear, and, and vice I was, versa. Exactly, but, like, in the last year, I truly have seen you and I both encompass our own advice, and, like, that has been night and day. Like, yeah. like I was saying with you, with even just talking into a camera, like, I saw that, and I was like, you fucking go, bitch. Like, you have not done <laughs> People that. People are not going to understand our friendship. I'm sorry, I know. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, nobody understands the balls that it took for her to do that and how much she's grown in the last year. And to just have a friend on the other side of even, even like I said, if it's eight months, we haven't seen each other to have a friend on the other side of even just the phone to be like, I see how hard that was. And I, I root you on so intensely. Like, congratulations for taking that step. Right. Because it, that's it the thing. I did it the first time when people are going to respond to the things that I say. Like, they're like, oh, first podcast, that's exciting. But, like, you were the only person who was like... And because I was too embarrassed to tell my family or anybody. So, it was like, you were the only person who knew I felt that way. And instead of being like, hey, I'm excited for the podcast, you were like, dude, that's insane. Like, I'm so proud yeah. of you for actually getting to do that. And it was like, I had at least validation from one person of just acknowledging the the challenge that I just, like, broke through. Right, <laughs> like, right. Which, to a lot of people, probably seems ridiculous, and maybe you talk into the phone so easy, like, easily, but think about something that's really hard for you and compare that. Like, right. for whatever reason, that was the one thing that was very difficult for me. Yeah. So I having mean, a friend that understood that was, like, I mean, monumental. Like, yeah. Also, just, like, be a good friend. Like, it seems... <laughs> yeah, be there for people. It seems hard because, like, I don't feel like there's a lot of people out there that do it. But, like, going that extra mile to just, like... I, I don't, I'm not just saying that to, like, even necessarily just be a good friend. It's, like, I truly do believe that because I'm invested in you as a friend. It's, like, yeah. I'm proud of you for doing that thing. Or I know you're putting out something that you're feeling insecure about, so I'm, like, rooting you on. Like, I didn't have to take that extra five minutes to just be like, hey, I know you're nervous, but, like, you you, you got it, you know? Yeah. But doing that is, like, small things go a really long way, especially in relationships, especially in relationships as females. We are built to be competitive. Like, society's building us to compete against each other, especially in the online world where we are not physically together frequently. Like, right. Like, these small actions of friendship can go so far. Not even just right. to yourself. Like, apply them to yourself, but also to the other women that you meet in your life. Yeah, 100%. Love that. Mm. What oh. a great conversation. <laughs> Honestly, I'm love it. Is. Yeah. yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, that's pretty much everything. Do you have anything that you'd like to add? The only thing that I will say is that, like, Sydney and I, we have these conversations in private. I think we both are really working on being, like, having those conversations with people even that we don't know. Like, yeah. for example, we were at the Women on the Road Gathering and there was 10 girls in a van together. There was one that was, like, she. we didn't know her. She even just walked by and she wanted to come in and talk. And we had these, like, 
deep, vulnerable conversations right. together. But like, yeah, I mean, just reach out, talk to us, talk to other people, ask questions. Like when you provide a safe space for yourself to be vulnerable, other people see that and follow suit and then other people will be vulnerable right. with you. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't talk about anxiety for the first 23 years of my life. Like you were the first person I talked to about it. And now I'll walk up to a group of women on the road, like uh, these yeah. women and I don't know them, but we're talking about whatever. And I'm like, LOL, I'm panicking I'm right panicking. now. Like, well, and you, I'm mean- having mild anxiety <laughs> right now. So sorry. I'm like answering all of your questions like an absolute weirdo. When you can cut this out, honestly, if you want. But, like, I remember we were talking about stories. And you were like, yeah, I was just, like, at this social event. And I was crying in a corner. And I didn't know why. And I was like, dude, it's called social anxiety. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know what that was, though. But, like, yeah, if you're not talking... Because no one talks about it. But like, Right. I'd heard of anxiety. But I also didn't know that the anxiousness that I was feeling would be considered anxiety. Yeah. And then I didn't know that my kind of anxiety... I honestly just thought, like, wow, you're a very awkward person. Yeah. But really, like, you said social anxiety. I researched it because I research everything and I was like oh my god like I've never heard something that sounded so like defining and like that alone is validating to be like oh I'm not just like an uncomfortable weird person who can't have conversations I have this thing and now that I know what it is I know how to work on it Mm -hmm. like and that was day four of us knowing each other we were sitting (laughs) across a room from each other on opposite couches and I was like Dude, it's literally called social anxiety. Like I <laughs> And you have it. I'm a supreme example of it at all times. <laughs> but you were like, oh, I've never like heard about it like talked like that. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it sucks. I wish that it wasn't that way, but like it's also extremely normal. And like sometimes just like knowing that other people are feeling what you're feeling is like affirming. And I do believe that that is honestly one of the reasons that you and I are very close is because our life examples have been truly parallel, but also the way that we handle things have been parallel. The way we handle stress has been like so parallel and my God, do I love you. I'm so grateful (laughs) I love you you. too. (laughs) Oh my God. I love every second of this. Okay. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much for joining us. It was a little bit longer than usual, but I hope that that's like a good thing because I, Mm. I mean, this was one of the most fun episodes I've ever recorded. Like this is, I mean, I feel like we're going to walk away being better friends having like looked at each other and done this podcast. It's like therapy sessions. Yeah, it is. It's very cathartic. Yeah. Doing more affirmation. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what next episode is going to be about. I'll figure that out this week and I will talk to you guys later. I'm going to go pee outside. <laughs> I'm <gonna> go <laughs> squat by my van. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, I love everyone. Thank you for being here and I will see you next week. Bye.